0: I'm Troy Richards. And I'm Daniel Mawson. Welcome to the Understanding Jesus Podcast. I'm the senior pastor at First Baptist Church in Jackson, Missouri. And Daniel's our worship pastor. Our church is reading through the Bible in a year. And on this podcast, we examine
1: highlights from this week's reading. We talk about the passages devotionally and try to answer questions
0: people have shared with us. Our hope is that you'll discover how amazing God's Word is and how enjoyable it is to read for yourself, which is the key to understanding Jesus.
1: Well, hello, Pastor Troy. Hello, Daniel. We are back again for another exciting adventures of understanding Jesus. Understanding podcast. Jesus in the midst of our quarantine. Yeah, we we are recording a couple weeks out, um, so we don't have to get together yeah. and spread disease as much. That's um, right. So we're I assuming try to stay away.
0: there's six feet between Daniel and me. Yeah. I just want everybody to know we've we got s- a table to, in, between us long ways. A six foot table. Yeah. Uh, so so um, and I'm actually given a few more inches. Uh, there, yeah, to, just because we're d- I mean, discussing people, probably only seven feet, just to be uh, to err on the side of caution. <laughs> uh, yes. But uh,
1: we assume that um, you know COVID is still happening. Uh, if the Lord doesn't take it from us supernaturally, oh, by the time you hear this
0: it's podcast, it's such a lonely word.
1: One is the <laughs> loneliest. Anyway, we could go on. We're not going to.
0: We've been <laughs> we've been cooped up a while. <laughs> Oh, All right, this has been a great week. It has. Uh, do I say that every week? Every, I think I so. Think so. Uh, this has been a great week for reading because we have started the book of Joshua. We're out of the Torah. We're out of, yes, the Moses is over. And uh, now we start with Joshua. And just when you thought nothing could be better than Moses, boom, boom. you get Joshua. And we are going into the Promised Land. That has to be a little bit fulfilling for everybody who's been reading <laughs> since. Uh, you know, we get through Gen- you get through Genesis, and then you get stuck in Egypt for Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And there you are, stuck in the wilderness. And... um and now we're out. We're out of the wilderness. We, we made the it. the man is going to stop and uh and we're going to go into the promised land. Some such cool. These are some of the best uh, some cool events that right. everybody should be familiar with. So anyway, that we're going to through Joshua and then we have the Psalms and Proverbs that are awesome um and um and then in Luke, in the Gospel of Luke, uh we have the transfiguration, we have mm-hmm. the commission of the 12, we have the sending out of the 70 72. Uh, and uh, also the return of the 72. <laughs> and uh, and uh, just, uh, this, uh, I love the Gospel of Luke because, it's, well, obviously, it's uh, Luke's a great storyteller and historian. And as we said before, he's telling the story to the great uh, Theophilus. And um, the parable of Good Samaritan is yeah. also in this week's reading, uh, as well as Luke's version of the Lord's Prayer. So uh, some neat stuff. Yeah, a lot of ground
1: to cover. Um, when we come back, we will dig into some... Um, devotional times and then we'll take break and do a couple questions that's right we still we still are accepting food so
0: if while we're doing the podcast it doesn't matter when you're hearing it if you just bring bags no. of food and lay them at the door we of the always church. accept yeah. pizza <laughs> we haven't you know because this is what people don't understand because we we are spoiled in this routine of people regularly coming into the church and bringing cookies yeah. and snacks and things and just little stuff yeah. and now nothing it's just all dried up we're we just,
1: wasting away people you're just
0: wasting because we we can't fend for ourselves <laughs> <laughs> that's not lost possible. the ability to hunt That's exactly right <laughs> so uh, so anyway yeah, so anyway so if you have cookies. Um, you know, well, Air drop yeah. them to us. Air drop some cargo. Food. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Bring us some
1: anyway, we'll be back. And we're back. I am 100% positive I served last week. So Pastor Troy, what did you get from the reading? Just to start out,
0: you know, if I get started, I don't think I can ever stop because I love the Book of Joshua so much. Mm. It is from beginning to end, it is just one of the most compelling stories of going to the Promised Land and such incredible acts of God's power of bringing His people in. From the, it starts out with him him drying up the Jordan River and taking the Twelve stones and setting them up as a, as a, to remember. And, and, and the Ark of the Covenant, when they're taking the Ark of the Covenant and he tells, you know, he says, when the, the guys who are carrying the Ark of the Covenant, when they step onto the river, then I'm going to pull the river back and show my power. And, and I think, Boy, I would sure hate to be the first guy carrying the ark of the covenant, <laughs> having to step. Take. I mean, when you talk about taking a step of faith, that is literally what is happening. Is he is stepping in faith that that God is going to do this, and and it's not the. I know sometimes we get the idea that Jordan River. Everybody has a different picture of what the Jordan River is like, but this is the Jordan River at flood stage. It's overflowed its banks, so it's kind of spread out and all over the place. And uh, so, but still, as they start into this, start into these waters, uh, God pulls it back. And and understand, it has to be done in such a way that it is that people know it's a miracle. It's not, so people try to say, well, it could, you know, could have been during this stage or during this time. No, the whole point is, it's kind of like the party in the Red Sea. It says in the text, it was a wall of water on each side. <laughs> you know, so this is the same kind of deal. It's going to be something that God is saying, I'm doing it this way. So people will see that I am with you that I, because this is a new generation. Remember the other generation was lost in the wilderness, all the Red Sea crossing people, except for the children, uh, everybody under 20, uh, who, who would have been a part of that? But all the people that have been born and so forth—they just the red sees a story to them. But now they get to experience this. Uh, on their own But mm-hmm. as we're Then you move in And you have uh, The spies going into the city And and Rahab A prostitute hides them Rahab who's going to be In the lineage of Christ yeah. uh, Is you know She's brought in the story What an incredible aspect here and, and what a beautiful picture A scarlet rope That she lets them down by That is their mm-hmm. tool of escape Is also the symbol By which her family Will be saved mm-hmm. I mean so much in there With the scarlet thread And um, uh, you know material whatever and uh and so you have her and, and it's only the people who are in her house who are going to be saved so if you want to be saved you have to come into the house there's so much theology wow. i could break into under there. the banner but of the, the dripping uh, red ex- exactly yeah. yeah and so uh so anyway and then and then the miracle of jericho you know what's really special to this uh, for me is when my grandson when we were sharing the gospel with him, and and he made a profession of faith and gave his heart to Christ uh, just a few weeks ago, uh, he was talking about how uh, how one of the things that brought him to faith was the story of Jericho and how the people in faith, you know, walked around. This is a seven-year-old talking about how they, you know, walked around once each day for six days. And then on the seventh day, they, they, you know, they walked around, they marched around the city seven times and then shouted, for the Lord has given you the city. You know, what an, just such an incredible picture of God's power. And you think, what, what kind of what an incredible leader Joshua is in in saying, "Here's how we're gonna, here's our plan. <laughs> you know, we're just gonna, how are we gonna take the city? <laughs> oh, we're gonna march around it one time, every, you know, one, just march around it once. Don't say anything, nobody say anything, and then on the seventh day we're gonna march around seven times, and then the trumpets are gonna blast, long blast, and then everybody shout, and the walls will fall down." Yeah, Good mean, plan, Josh. <laughs> uh, they, yeah, thanks, thanks for that. And they did it. So, I mean, what an incredible leader that they all obeyed what he said because, again, the Jordan River thing kind of helped them out. And, and they also saw how uh, power had been passed on to him from Moses. So everybody believed in his leadership, and they did this. But wow, you talk about God instilling faith in people when those wall when they shouted and then the walls fell. One, the fear that would overtake the people within <laughs> the city, and uh, and then and of course the family of Rahab was uh, protected. But just uh, that's that's just uh, and then and then the sin of Achan. You know, you have uh, him hanging on to stuff. Uh, that he shouldn't uh, buried, and and he and his family then uh, came under the derision of God and the wrath of God for not being oh, obedient. Um, so, and then God wasn't with them in the next battle uh, because uh, one they didn't consult him about what to do. But uh, it, so so many, I just again, I know I said I loved it so much, but there was so much. I know I I didn't just serve my volley that time, Daniel. I I took several. Several swings. That's Several good, swings. though. Man, I, yeah. was, I was hanging on it. And you so. people can't see just listening, but
1: as Pastor Troy's talking, his hands are getting more and I'm more. more, more expressive he had, he was pumping his sound. fists at one point, so and I just, I appreciate the passion. That's, right. That's awesome.
0: I was just really fully expecting the walls of this building to collapse To just collapse. we were talking. yeah. That's so, right. Such power. <laughs> what about you, Dan? That's what cool. Did you, what did you get?
1: Well, I was afraid you were about to steal my first my first thought, because you talked about Aiken. Okay. Uh, but yeah. you didn't. You didn't. I so held back. We're good, yeah. Um, Aiken... Is kind of my first,
0: my first little new thing. Um, and when we say Achan, we're not talking about the pain in your lower back. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> Paul, be, Paul talks be, about that later. I be Achan. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, Achan is yeah, this guy. He he took plunder from the town of Ai, uh, the city of Ai, and he wasn't supposed to do that, and um, causes all kinds of trouble for Israel. And then in the very ne- that's chapter seven of Joshua. And then the very next chapter, first couple of verses, Joshua. Like they take care of the Achan problem, and then Joshua tells Israel, "All right, now go plunder Ai." And if a- that, i was just, think- I couldn't help thinking, if Achan would have just waited for the time when it would have, when it was approved, you know, yeah. if he would have just been obedient for a few more days, yeah. it would have been no problem. Um, he and probably would have lived. He probably would have lived, <laughs> yeah. um, and and he would have come out probably better than he, you know, than mm-hmm. he was thinking he would. Yeah. But just like so then I, I I take that and I equate it to my life of course and and I think man. Are there? T- where are the times that I'm acting ahead of what God has told me to do? You know, maybe, it, maybe the no that he's telling me is for a season. Maybe he's wanting me to wait for a season because tomorrow he's going to do something amazing and he's going to let us, you know, he's going to give us the plunder of the town, just like Achan would have shared in the spoils if he'd have just waited for God's okay and his go-ahead. Mm. Um, and so, I don't know, just kind of wonder sometimes what blessing do I miss out on because of my sin because of my foolish impatient heart um yeah. stuff
0: so. yes and since i've lived about twice as long as you have Um, I can tell you right now that I um, absolutely can relate to this (laughs) on the moments of impatience. I have so many examples of times when I wish if I just waited just a little bit longer, God was just ready to pour out a blessing. He was just ready to answer that, and I jumped ahead and thought, nope, got to get this one for myself. I can do it myself. That's right. And then not only lost it, but then lost – uh, every opportunity for thereafter, but yeah. the um, uh, for that particular thing, and then you know God works all things together for good to those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. So uh, it's not that it didn't it didn't work out eventually, but there, but I did learn, it did teach me over time that yeah, just if you'll just wait upon the Lord. Um, he has, you know, and this is one of those moments when you just think maybe somebody's listening, who's thinking about if I don't act right hmm. now, then what I need to happen is not going to happen. But you know, the Lord is wanting you to, to wait on him, to wait. Uh, Oswald Chambers has a little devotional thing that he says, when in doubt, don't. Uh, and I, and that's true. And, and the thing he challenges is that to look in scripture, is there ever a time When someone was required to go ahead of God or to do something on their own or without his revelation or to figure it out when God had not clearly spelled, he always makes it clear. Mm. Always. It's never, there's never a person who's acting in the word who says, you know, I wasn't sure that God wanted me to do this because he kind of made it a mystery. So I went ahead and did it. And God said, great, I'm glad you did that because I was (laughs) hoping you'd figure that out. That never happens. It never happens that he says, you know, well, I'm glad you got that for yourself because I was hoping you would do it on your own. Right. It's always, no, wait for me. And um, and wow, that, what a difference that makes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That got Saul into trouble too. I mean, spoiler alert, because we're not there in the reading yet, <laughs> but
1: that's yes. immediately what I think of, you know, right? Saul was, when he's supposed to wait for Nathan or yes. Nathaniel? Uh, for Samuel for Samuel yeah, right what else guys I, yeah i know i know the bible <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's why i'm here that's right wait for Samuel um yeah so yeah it's, exactly it's yeah absolutely the truth and that Saul is a great example of impertinence and impatience so um and he suffers the consequences as well that's right just like uh he's he's aching just as much as but <laughs> <know, laughs> I'm ching a little, a little sound effect. Bum, in bum, there. bum 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 Um here's a verse that stood out to me um from Psalm forty two four. When I remember these things I pour out my soul within me, for I used to go with the multitude, I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise with a multitude that kept a pilgrim feast. Mm. I uh read through that today and thought, man, I know that David is talking about his longing to be back in the house of the Lord. But wow, uh, we have really—the it, it, thing that I think—I hope that everybody realizes the most is how important it is for the body of Christ to come together mm. and worship together. And not being able to do that for this extended period of time—I've uh, never experienced this in my life— uh, some have said that the body of Christ has never experienced this at Easter, uh, that there's never been an Easter when worldwide we were not able to come together and worship and, and celebrate. Well, other uh, than the, the first one, of course. Yeah, other than the first one, yeah, obviously. Um, but um, but this is it's such a, uh, such a, uh, a you know, the Hebrews tells us to forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. I hope, I hope that people have realized uh, I hope that this created that longing, mm. that need. People, I, I, <laughs> some have expressed to me, are we going to have a hard time getting people to come back to church? And and, and here's the thing. If you're not longing to come back and worship, you have to really question whether you're a part of the church at all. Mm. Uh, because it, to me, it, it should feel like you've been separated. You should feel like you've been separated from loved ones and longing to be back with them because you have been separated from loved ones, and it's important to uh to want to get back together um, if for people who don't think of the church like that who one it's not an authentic church i mean you're not you're not truly a member of the body of Christ unless you really do have that relationship with Christ and with the the believers who are part of it uh so maybe it's a little bit of a soul check there, but the but when you do have that authentic relationship, you have to uh, this has this is a tough time and uh, and so I, I'm really, really looking forward to time. Uh, when we can worship together again, I, I know so many times. I know I've done this. I know so many have done. We take that for granted, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I've talked to you about this personally before. On Sunday mornings, it, I guess so. It gets so helter skelter when you're in ministry. You're running around trying to accomplish things, and there's a group of people in the church who are like that, who are you know helping check kids in and uh, in the children's area or doing security, and you find yourself doing a lot of service-oriented things, but not actually being involved. In the worship or being involved sure. as a part of that fellowship and um, and and we just you go Sunday after Sunday without really thinking about it but when you can't do it then it becomes then, then you, you, you realize it. oh yeah this is this is really important yeah I need sure. to be a part of this yeah
1: that's awesome um, in uh, in Joshua chapter 10 um, one of the one of I don't know there are a lot of cool moments in Joshua and in Judges um, but when the Sun stands still And, uh, and it says, has that line that says, um, there was no day like that before or after it, when the Lord listened to the voice of a man for the Lord fought for Israel and it, um, and just the the uniqueness of that moment among all of God's other crazy miracles throughout the Bible, all the crazy things that he does, he highlights this as there's nothing else like this where God actually listened to man um, and fought for them. And it reminded me of, this is my nerd showing a little bit, um, (laughs) But in the Matrix, right? Those of you who have seen the Matrix um, and have braved the second Matrix and have persisted to the third Matrix, um, there is a, a rare, a, a, rare group. a rare breed. So yeah. the three of you that are that are know what I'm talking about. Um, there's and a and I'm
0: po- and I'm one of those and, and good. Okay,
1: good. So, so um, there's a point where Neo, the one, goes to um, goes to the robot city and um, he leaves the other humans to fight the robots in Zion, right? Mm. Their camp. Right. And in the moment when all um, seemed lost and all was um, humans were about to be obliterated by the robots, they stop Um, and 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 someone asks what's happening, what's going on? And Morpheus, the one who's believed in the one the whole time, says he fights for us um, is the line. And that's just what kind of came to my mind in in reading this um, when the Lord fights for Israel on on their behalf miraculously um mm. just just the um the total control of God over this battle um and then and, and out of that um kind of a kind of a double header here um But out of that, after this huge battle, there's blood all over Joshua and all the people. They've just got done, you know, slaughtering these people. And the refrain that we've heard Joshua say through this whole book is be strong and courageous, be strong Mm -hmm. and courageous. And even some in Deuteronomy, uh, Moses tells them, hey, you got to be strong and courageous. So this refrain has been playing over and over in the people of Israel's mind. And Joshua keeps saying it and saying it. It's like his his mantra, his call to arms for people. Right. Um, call to obedience, call to arms, everything that he does. And he, he, fi- he gets to this moment, uh, finally, where they have this huge battle. He puts his physical foot on the necks of the kings of the place that they were fighting. And um, he, he takes a sword and he tells the people, now... Be strong and courageous, mm. and cuts the heads off of the kings. Blood goes everywhere, <laughs> and it's like it's like this climax moment that's of the a, movie. That's in Daniel's
0: imagination. This is like, my imagination, Yeah, days, yeah.
1: Um, but it but it does. Yeah, it was right after their battle, um, and it says in verse 25 of chapter 10. Joshua then said to them, do not fear or be dismayed. Be strong and courageous, for thus the Lord will do to all your enemies with whom you fight. Hmm. Um, And just uh, to me, that's like that's the end of the movie. It's it's not the end of this movie, but it's 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 such a climax um, of of that time. And and it's so good for us today um, with. And not to say that every single battle in the Old Testament is to be related to our everyday life um, in this way. you know? <laughs> That's right. We're um, not cutting the heads off. Of we're Christ. not cutting the heads off of our enemies. Right? God's not stopping the sun. Uh, but it is true. God will fight our battles. Um, right. and he does fight for us. If only we would just
0: be strong and courageous. Yeah. And
1: that's our part to play. And God's going to just do everything.
0: Yeah, and you know, I, I had I've had people say to me that, uh, and this is maybe more of a question thing, but um, you know, that really struggle with this because with with the children of Israel going in and uh, it seem seemingly genocide and mm. and going in and just wiping out a group of people and so forth, and how that could possibly be uh, of God. And, and really, I think we, we fail to remember that life and death are always God's, that he alone has the ability to give life, he alone has the ability to take it away, he just is using Israel as his instrument of choice in order to carry out judgment that he had already promised uh, people for rejecting him for rebelling against him and and going after pagan gods as a fourth it's it's no different I mean when life is taken it's no different than in the flood I mean just because mm. it was rain that killed everybody right. uh, it's still still a life and death type thing um, but the the thing that we remember today because it's one he has not uh, asked us to Jesus came and ushered an era of peace into the world but uh, but he says i 'm going to come back and do that part of it bring the wrath part and and uh, bring that death really when he comes again um our part is to uh to share the gospel i mean i'm just glad i'm very very grateful that i live in the era uh that we get to share the good news and not cut the heads off of kings uh say so that i am i'm very grateful for that but it doesn't change the fact that god still he's sovereign over over all of it but um but he is symbolically Joshua in what he's doing to those kings is what Jesus does to the ultimate enemy of God. Mm. Those men were representatives of Satan. They were representatives of the the armies of the evil one, of the rebellion against God. There is a a there was an angel who fell away from God, who rebelled against him, who enlisted the service of men. And those who follow him, there is a judgment that comes with that. And uh, and that's that's really what uh, Joshua is illustrating, that uh, when you defy God uh, – in fact, uh, I guess I'll do my next one. Uh, when Joshua has this encounter with um, with the captain of the Lord of hosts, mm-hmm. uh, and he comes and says, okay, I need to know, are you on their side or are you on our side? I love his answer, no yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh anthony Evans used to uh say he's a preacher in texas he said you know my god doesn't ride the backs of donkeys or elephants <laughs> he said when god comes he doesn't come to take sides he comes to take over and uh and i love that illustration he's he because we start thinking that we start thinking mm-hmm. that god is a democrat or a republican <laughs> or that god is baptist or a methodist or or whatever it is whatever side we're on you know, is God with us or is he or is he on the other team? And it's like God doesn't take <laughs> sides. He he takes over. If He's, anyone would have thought that it would have been Joshua and his people. Exactly, yeah. because that they, they feel like they've got that that mantle upon them, and and God is just illustrating. It's like, look, this is I'm just I come and do what I do, and you best choose to be on my side. And Henry Blackaby, in Experiencing God, does such a great job of communicating that. He's such a great communicator in saying, we are to look where God is at work and what God is doing, and we join him in that activity. We don't tell him what we're going to do and ask him to bless it. We simply say, okay, well, show it, reveal to us what you're doing, and then we, and and please invite us to participate. And in his grace, he does. He invites us to participate in what he's doing. And then we know it's blessed because it is his will yeah. so that's awesome. that's
1: awesome back to you okay okay Um, man there's a couple I want to have time to only pick one do all of this no, um, i no 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 the, everyone. so in Psalms skip to the Psalms they, chapter, can, they can
0: always if it's if it's irrelevant and becomes just mundane so they'll just fast forward through, they'll
1: fast forward yeah, that's sorry, fine just
0: fast forward through each
1: it's, it'd be like a normal <laughs> Sunday morning exactly <laughs> people people sleep through what I'm saying all the time Um, in, in the Psalms chapter 43 uh, verse three it says um we don't have if this is um who, we don't have who the author is uh, necessarily but um they think it's the the sons of Korah writing it either way um but it says in verse three of chapter forty-three, Oh, send out your light and your truth capital wise uh-huh. let them lead me let let them bring me to your holy hill and your dwelling to your dwelling places Um, It's just a request, just a simple request, one of a thousand in the Psalms um, for God to uh, do something. Um, But in John, the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 12, it says, um, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, darkness but have the light of life. And that's Mm -hmm. a direct answer, I feel like. I don't know if – I know Jesus had all things on his mind at all times, Mm -hmm. but – I don't know if this was his primary motive was to answer this one request of this one psalm, hmm. um, but it asks him to send your light, and Jesus says, "I am the light." And it says, Lead me," and he says, "To they who follow me will, you know, fill in the blank." So um, I don't know. Just a just a neat little little tidbit that there are every request that the psalmist makes um, is is answered in Jesus. Hmm. Every request that we have, the answer can be found in Jesus. Um, so I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think it is absolutely Jesus is fulfilling this. Uh, He is the great king Mm -hmm. over all the earth that uh, David, David is, you know, and and sons of Korah and all the Psalms, I I think uh, that you have continually this, this crying out uh, for a messiah for someone to, I mean, even as we talked about, I know we, we've already left Moses behind, uh, but, uh, but you know, Moses saying there's going to be a greater prophet than me, mm. you know, obviously prophesying of Jesus and, and David, a greater king after me, Jesus, and, and all, I think it's, it's amazing how God put that into their hearts this longing for this and and so they wrote about it and, and expressed it and then Jesus comes and fulfills it. Mm. And now we have this longing this 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 desire. We have of course the book of Revelation and and then uh, some of the some of the Old Testament prophets who things have not yet been fulfilled um our, but even apart from all that, we have a longing for someone to make this right. We know that what is happening around us is not the way it's supposed to be. That there there should be something better than this. There should be a solution to this. And, and God provides the answer to that in in Christ uh, both already in that he has sent us the good news that uh, that he has forgiven our sins and that through the Holy Spirit we can be changed and, and, and given holiness made holy given his righteousness and ultimately uh, delivered uh, through death but then on the other side of death promised that uh, all this will be uh, put in order the way it's supposed to be That's so. it. This stuff. Um, one more thing about Joshua 1, because um, this is just relevant to what we're doing. Uh, Joshua 1, eight says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Um, so God has always tied together our are meditating upon his word and you know the word meditation is one of those you know you think of a person eastern mysticism type thing person in a lotus position with his fingers touching each other and and going on you know that type of people don't know that's That's
1: actually how we record the podcast (laughs) in
0: the lotus position in the lotus position yes uh please get that mental image (laughs) um the um the reality is, is that in Eastern mysticism, when they talk about meditation, they talk about emptying the mind and emptying out, what is there, when the word, when God is talking about meditating, when we talk about meditating upon God's word, we're actually talking about filling the mind and and filling yourself up with the Word. And and meditating upon it is simply focusing upon what it is that God is trying to communicate through it. Really, if you can think about it like this, trying to close out all the other voices and hear the voice, to try to, to shut out all the other uh, words that are being poured out and hear the Word uh, is really the, the purpose of meditation. So it's not just that we're trying to get people to read through the Bible. We're wanting you to read and meditate upon on that which you are reading and so you know why we started this podcast is we're saying hey when we are meditating upon god's word these were some things that god illuminated some things that stood out to us and uh you know and we can do this podcast every week forever because there's never a shortage <laughs> of that there's never a shortage of things that god opens up and reveals to us um and we love hearing what other people have to say too so yeah. it's awesome awesome take a well, break yeah you want to uh, take a break and yeah, then when we get break.
1: back we will do a couple of question answer thingambobs and questions we'll, and yeah, answers we'll be back And we're back. Back. This is the Q&A segment of our podcast.
0: Questions and answers for and, those who don't know.
1: And again, if you guys are doing the reading, um, for those of you who are, um, or if you aren't and just have stumbled across something you want to sure. ask, you can text us or call us, email call us. us.
0: That's right. Um, even right now, even though this is recorded and you're listening to the recording, whenever yeah. you're listening to it, just send us a text message. Yeah. If you're saying, I don't know your number. Well, accessible. it's accessible. Yeah, you can, yeah, you can it.
1: find it. You can – our website on, is online. fbcj
0: at us yeah, and there's contact information there you can yeah. send us an email with the yeah. stuff in it all yeah. kinds of stuff so yeah if you send i'll tell you what if you send me an email at troy at f, fbcj.us so yes. troy, right. troy <laughs> at fbcj.us you send me an email i'll send you my phone number wow and and then you can text me from that point forward and um anyway maybe maybe, maybe like we'll Christy. be friends
1: yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah. We'll be that'd friends. be cool yeah. Yeah. anyway yeah. um i'll text you troy thank you i appreciate that yeah cool yeah. all right anyway um Question number... Um, do you want to start, or did you have questions? Oh, John, do you want me to... Want I to, don't me to? Know, I'm, the, I'm the answer You're guy. the Bible answer man. That's, what, that's, what, that's, what, that's right. Hank, Hank, Hank... Who is that? Is that <laughs> Hank Hanegraaff? Hank Hanegraaff. <laughs> I have a I have Bible answer man. book.
0: I'm him. not going to get into that realm. I'm no. <laughs> not, not going to pretend. <laughs> that's, that's wise. Um,
1: okay, here's a, here's, a, here's a question I had, and it's a little convoluted, but try to try to hang with me here. Um, we were talking about it a little bit earlier, but in Luke chapter 10, um, Jesus is talking about... Um, you know, sending the disciples out and telling them that, um, you know, of the, um, when you enter a house, uh, first say peace be to this house and, um, giving them their peace and peace. And then it says, um, in verse six, chapter 10, if a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. But if not, it will return to you. Um, and, um, and that's that. I guess the verbiage kind of messed with me a little bit. Similarly, in in uh, John fourteen twenty seven, mm-hmm. Jesus says um, Jesus is going away, and he says, "I'm leaving, but my peace I leave with you." So, I guess, Professor Troy, my my brain kind of gives into kind of a weird um, weird mode because peace is not something I usually think of as something that can be bestowed maybe like a bless I think of blessings that way right. um but I think of but when Jesus says you're going to go into people's houses and if um if they don't accept it then your peace will come back to you yeah. I th- I'm thinking
0: of I guess I don't know. And we're talking about P-E-A-C-E. P-E-A-C-E. Yeah. 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 (laughs) like they're carrying a handgun or something and carrying a a piece. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, now, uh, you know, peace and love and joy and um, basically all the fruit of the Spirit, uh, especially those, though, I think we we tend to equate with emotional feelings. We tend to think of when I think of I have peace, I think of a feeling of peace that I have when really... uh, Peace. Uh, Let's we'll just take peace by itself. When we talk about peace being the fruit of the Holy Spirit, that is uh, that is really between a relationship. It is like a when—think about like a peace treaty between two countries. When peace has been established, it is a real thing that has been given, meaning now we have established that there is no more course for war between these two individuals. And Jesus is at peace with the Father, and so it is something he has. He possesses this. It is also something that he can share. He can share this peace arrangement, this this lack of enmity between him and God. He can give this peace to us, and then that gives us the ability then to share that same peace with us. We 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 feel those feelings of tranquility and lack of anxiety when we believe that that peace is real mm. and that it exists. Uh, but we can not feel at peace and still have peace, mm. meaning th- that things can be right between me and this other, with God, obviously, and, or there can be a peace within, between you and me, and I can still not feel at peace. Now, me not feeling at peace. Can jeopardize the actual peace because then I can take a course of action that then would destroy that peace. Right. Sure. And so, so for instance, I got Jesus has given me a peace, but I don't trust in that peace, and so I take action that would then quench the Holy Spirit. Well, now I don't have peace mm. between me and God because I've now I've become an enemy of God as a result of my actions. So that peace then doesn't exist. So he's basically saying to the disciples, Give them your peace, but they reject it if they refuse to receive this peace which you were offering. Well, then just can take it with you, yeah. and uh, and then and then go to the, on to the next place, some place that wants to receive it, wants to be a peace.
1: Okay, so that's awesome. Thank you. Uh, on along those lines, we have a it actually goes right into a uh, question that somebody texted in,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and it was the following statement. It says, um, "If if the city doesn't, in verse fifteen, um, if it does not, the, verse fifteen before that, um, if they don't accept you, kick off the dust." from your feet. And the question is, is that something that is um, just a common practice places or
0: just something special Jesus told the disciples to do? When the Israelites would, when the Jewish people would come from another country or whatever, it was traditional to shake the dust off their feet of that pagan place so that there would be no piece of that place that they brought into, back into the Holy Land, uh, the Promised Land, which was Israel. So yes, it was a practice that they had. Uh, It always makes me think, I don't know, this just popped in my head, of when my... um, kids would, would get back into the county we lived in and we'd see that county sign. They would always go, ah. As if they've been holding their breath for the time they were in any other county, except like, or they would say, "Oh, we can breathe the air freely now because we're back into our homeland." Uh, when truth be told, the air was much worse in the county where they grew up than in other places. But uh, but anyway, but that's the idea. The idea is that uh, that we were in this pagan land, we don't want any piece of it, and shake it off. And so he's using that that something that they would be yes be very familiar with when you leave a place that rejects God and doesn't want any part of it. Simply shake the dust. Off of your feet and move on. I, you know, uh, expanding on that, I, I think it's it's really. I, I think sometimes we get in our head that we we see uh, certain people or or things as a problem. We get something in our mind and saying, I'm not going to stop until these people believe me or adhere to this or whatever. I think we lose sight of our mission sometimes. Our mission—and I'm not saying if you have a husband or a cousin or a friend or brother or sister that's not saved that you should stop praying for them. That's not what Jesus is saying either. But once you've shared the gospel with them, if they reject the gospel as it's been given, don't say, I'm going to keep doing it over and over and over and over again until they believe. Move on. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of other people to share the gospel with. So don't get consumed with just trying to defeat this one area. They heard the truth and they will either respond or they won't respond. And if they don't respond, then move on yeah. because there there are so many people who need to hear and uh and I think what what has happened is is we we not only don't shake the dust off our feet we cover ourselves mm. in it mm. and and we are we're like we we bring the paganism of of people who do not love god and we bring it back home with us and then introduce it into our home mm. and then and what you're doing is doing exactly what the israelites did for yeah. so many years they they allowed their they allowed compromise into their homes and into their lives, and and so then their children didn't follow after the one true God. The children followed after the God that their parents introduced mm-hmm. to them because they didn't uh, they didn't shake the dust off their feet. So uh, so really and truly, it is not a when you are going and interacting with people. No, you're not supposed to go pious and we're better than you. And so, that, which is not what Jesus told these people to do. He said go to them humbly and uh, and and but with but with the good news, with the, with a love that says, hey, I came here to bring you good news of a great hope, which is in Christ Jesus, and sharing that love with them and say, I want to give this to you. But if they reject it, then don't take what they have mm. And then apply it to yourself and say, "Oh well, what you have is pretty good too i'm gonna I'm gonna take your word and and keep it with me. It'd be like me going to a Buddhist uh, temple and saying, "Oh, you know even though you reject the gospel completely, you've got some really good ideas, and I'm gonna take <laughs> these back and introduce them into my Baptist church back home. It's like that's that's just wrong, and so yeah you you if they if they don't want to receive the gospel, then you shake that off and and go back and, yeah. and move on. that's good, yeah awesome because
1: yeah because if and just to i'm just kind of piggybacking here talking off the cuff but um if the holy spirit's what draws us into repentance Mm -hmm. right and it's his work that that ignites that in us um then if if that's not happening if that fruit's not being laid in front of us you know he says the harvest is plentiful there's there's harvest out there you can go get it um but if that's not evident in this person's life when presented with the gospel then any kind of Shoving or, or, you know, insisting on your part past what the Holy Spirit is enabling, probably. I don't know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but probably isn't going to be a very good result.
0: Right, afterwards. absolutely. Well, it's not going to be the, uh, I mean, any fruit of ours based on our own efforts without yeah. the power of the Holy Spirit is doesn't have any lasting I mean, that power. can be dangerous yeah. for that yeah, person. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah, and that's why he said, you know, when he talks about the hay and the stubble mm-hmm. and, and everything, the things that are purified by fire, silver and gold, we purify those by fire and it burns up all the dross or, or the hay, stubble, wood, those kind of things that can't withstand the fire. Um that's When we go out in the power of the Holy Spirit, he does the work that he intends to do. Um, so many amazing stories, and we won't take the time to share them today, but the uh, just so many stories of where uh, people went out thinking that they were going to accomplish one mission, but God com- accomplished something mm-hmm. completely different. Yeah. Because it's not, I don't know, I'm not here to make other people follow Jesus I'm just here to share the message of the good news, and he then takes my willingness to go out and share this message, and he changes hearts or, or does. And if they reject, he uses that too. He uses their rejection as a means of still accomplishing his will and his purpose. So, um, so the results are not up to us. The results are up to him. Uh, we just. Uh, but again, I think I think the the main thing to remember from that is is that um, in the shaking the dust off is that it is not just simply saying, uh, I'm a, as an act of rebuke, but a literally saying, I don't want any part of what they shared with me to uh, to affect me or to change or transform the gospel that I came to them with. I'm going to leave everything they had behind with them and i'm going to take none of them with me to the next place i'm just going to go with what jesus gave me and uh and i'm i'm afraid that a lot of times that that doesn't happen yeah. a lot of times we take uh a little bit of the bad that we in in and then carry that on with us as we continue to share the gospel yeah that's good
1: well Pastor Troy, thank you. Thank for you, man. This and, and
0: and for all of you who are bound up out there and uh, and not able to get out, don't forget we have um, online worship, uh, live stream. Mm-hmm. You know, we always say it at 9 a.m. on Sundays we meet together. And yes, it is live at that particular moment. But if your family doesn't get up till 9:45, uh, you can take time, eat some cereal, whatever the case. Uh, that broadcast is recorded. You can you will never sure. know the difference. You just press. Play and it happens as if it was live. So, um, so just, uh, but the key is, is that do set aside a time that you that you sit down with your family and that you um, engage in the worship, um, the music, the the message, the sermon. Get your Bibles or whatever, read along with us and um, and and really take advantage of the time to worship. This is a great testing time because in the early church. Uh, you know, in the underground church uh, in other countries, that they've been doing this for years. Mm-hmm. So this is old hat to them. And, and this is how the church got started. So just imagine that uh, this is, if, if this was a time when we were not allowed to meet in public, how would you continue on in your faith? How would you maintain that regular time of family worship? Right now, you are communicating to your family, this is what is most important to us. And we will not, no matter what happens, we won't lose this. And, uh, and if that is Netflix, then that's what your family will worship. Uh, but, if, but if you emphasize, no, we will make sure we maintain our worship of the living God. Um, and then, then they will recognize that that's very important. And they will maintain that themselves. Mm, that's good.
1: Thanks again for listening to the Understanding Jesus podcast put on by First Baptist Church of Jackson. If you would like more information, you can find us online on our website at firstbaptistjackson.com. You can email us at daniel at firstbaptistjackson.tv. Or you can find us on social media, First Baptist Jackson on Facebook and FBCJMO on Instagram. We've got a lot of content in all of those places, and we would love to hear your questions on the content that we covered. If you would like to be a part of the podcast, you can email us and message us at any of those ways, or you can call the church office at 573-243-8415, and we would love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.